0: You are listening to the Wool Academy Podcast, this is episode number 55. Hello and welcome, my name is Elizabeth van Delden and once a week we talk to an industry expert from the Wool industry supply chain from farm to fashion and beyond, delivering strategies and insights to be successful in Wool and showcasing those beautiful stories Wool has to tell. Today I'm honored to be talking to Ben Watts. Ben has been working in the merino industry over the past 25 years. In this time Ben has managed sheep farms for corporate businesses up until 2005 when he and his wife Fiona purchased their second farm and began to focus on utilizing automation. In the past two years Ben has incorporated the use of drones to track stock, monitor water and measure pasture growth. This has provided a new level of automated monitoring to assist in management of sheep farms. Ben will tell us all about the technology that can help in managing sheep today on the show. Welcome Ben, I'm excited to be talking to you today. How are you?
1: Yeah, very well Elizabeth, thanks for having me along.
0: Yeah, thanks as well and despite we're going to talk about technology we did have technology failure this this morning or your afternoon but now we hope all goes well um, let's get started by you introducing yourself a little bit more than what i just said about yourself and tell us about the work that you do in the wool industry
1: yes yeah, so my background has always been from a production end we run a group of uh, commercial wool producing farms here in new south wales in eastern australia But over the last uh, 10 years, really, we've been also focusing on developing technology and automation to help us be, number one, better at running our farms and looking after our stock. And number two, it's uh, good for business. It helps us be more efficient in the way that we run our operations and just increases our
0: efficiencies And before we talk a little bit more about the technologies that you use, can you give us a little bit more information about your farm in general?
1: Yeah, so our farms that we run are based uh, in between Orange and Dubbo in Central West New South Wales and we're a seed stock operation so we produce uh, mainly stud rams or rams for our commercial clients to use on their operations. And the operations that we run here are aimed at two parts of the wool industry. One, we have a superfine operation, really targeting that uh, 15 to 16 and a half micron end of the market. And we've uh, been working on that bloodline for many, many years. And then more recently, just in the last five years, we've also, on our second property, started running a, uh, a dual purpose or a 21 micron Flock, which is more because that property is more in the western area of here. It's hotter and flatter, and the, the sheep, the bigger, uh, stronger wool sheep, tend to just do better, um, coping with that country. And it's really more open that country. So if you can imagine big open paddocks where the sheep have to walk further to for their feed and their water. Um, certainly, our superfine property is. Steeper and smaller, where where sheep are able to really don't have to travel far to um, to get around their their day to day.
0: So if I'd have to imagine your two farms, would one have like a lot of green pastures and grass, and the other one more um, scrubs and and less yeah. grass patches? Yeah, okay.
1: Definitely. Our yeah our, our superfine start if you imagine you know nice soft green country with rich soils and uh, sheep that really uh live live a life of luxury really beautiful soft country with uh, higher rainfall and then yeah the other farm drier and, and more scrub and uh, less romantic conditions but it's I guess you would uh, describe it as lower rainfall and getting into the more open pastoral type environment
0: okay good thanks for clarifying that and so but i understand you you are focused on growing wool but then another side of your business now is also focused on the automation so you kind of have like two feet you're standing on or what would be the different income streams for your business
1: yeah, definitely. Our business is really built around three income streams. One is uh, just straight sheep and wool production. Uh, the second part is education. So, we do education and extension for other grower groups who want to learn more about uh, how they run their operations, but mainly around how they incorporate uh, technology into it. And now, the third part is actually in that technology space. So, We've, in collaboration with uh, some other companies here in Australia, we've developed a uh, connectivity solution on farms using what's called LoRaLan, uh, low-power wide-area network radio, um, but also drones. Uh, we've we started using just off-the-shelf consumer drones, trying to solve solutions around. How could we send an autonomous drone to go and check stock and check water and and check our pastures? And we very quickly found that in agriculture, because we cover such large areas, the consumer drones available just didn't have the range or the capacity to do what it was we wanted to do. So we put together a team that's now building specialised UAVs or drones to actually allow us as farmers and any of our clients who want to Come into this stream to have autonomous drones that can do some of that day-to-day um, dull and boring work, so that allows us to have more time to uh, get on with the important things in our business.
0: Okay, now we're already deeply involved in in the technology, so let's let's continue in that path. So maybe I think when we already imagine that you have to manage two farms, and they seem to be quite in distance away from each other as the countryside is different on both of them. So maybe let's begin at that kind of what farmers nowadays need to accomplish in a day's time and how then the different technologies that you were experimenting with with then help you.
1: Yeah. So the biggest uh, task that we use them for is the jobs that take up so much time, but often aren't um, aren't really effective or, or aren't a good use of our time. Are things like checking waters or checking pasture? Because to drive around and do a, a water check on any um, average Australian farm easily consumes between three hours, maybe half a day. Of time, let alone fuel of a vehicle, and just wasted time and driving over areas that maybe we don't need to be. What we've been using drones for is if we can send them out and they know uh, where they need to travel, so they've got a set of waypoints and they just leave the homestead or the workshop and then fly out and check uh, water troughs, windmills, uh, tanks, and the dams where our our stock are watering. What they're doing is they're providing a live feed of that straight back to a base station so we can be at the workshop doing, you know, just base things from there. And number one, it covers that area and gives us an aerial view without disturbing the stock. And often, checking waters is something that nine times out of ten you check them and they're fine. So, if they were fine, it's really not a great use of time if we're driving around. Um, But the other part is if we do need to do something, an aerial shot gives us a great uh, visual snapshot of what's going on out in the field. And what we have found is by doing that, we still are always going around cleaning waters and uh, pumping water, but we know where we need to be doing that instead of maybe driving around a whole farm three times a week when we would prefer to just know which troughs need to be cleaned and which pumps need to be started. So they're really just uh, making it more efficient. And the other handy part for us on our steeper country is it's um, much safer for a drone to be flying through the air than maybe one of us to be driving a ute or riding a motorbike through the bush to get to those points.
0: And besides drones, I think you also have other technologies that you were... um experimenting. I remember you showed once a video where sheep were walking over a weight, a scale, and you were measuring their body weight, etc. Can you explain that?
1: Yes, yeah, so we've also been refining what's called the walkover way system. It's really a simple uh, mechanical system of a weigh scale or a way platform, slightly longer than a normal platform, and our sheep all have uh, radio frequency ID tags in their ear. So when they walk over that platform as they move through their grazing area, we have a a gate uh, coming into where they camp at night, and they're not forced to walk through it or they're not locked in it, but when they just walk over that platform, it reads their ID off their ear tag, and then it uh, takes their body weight and records it, and what that does is it Number one gives us a a roll call of which animals have walked through the device in that day. Number two, we can monitor those body weights without actually having to take the animals out of their grazing environment. And we can monitor for healthy, happy animals if they're maintaining or slightly increasing weight for young growing animals. We know that they're happy and healthy and uh, it just gives us that really useful early warning system that if an animal suddenly starts to lose uh, 20 or 50 grams a day something's going on that we couldn't see visually and then if we chose to we can give it a draft command and next time that animal goes through a draft gate we'll just uh, spear them off to another paddock to one side where they can be treated.
0: Yeah even you said that you could divide them into different pastures depending on what kind of feed they needed um, and what kind of nutrients. Is that how I understood it correctly as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because often animals will all be happy to live together as one mob, but those animals maybe that are, are lactating for twin lambs or they're just at a different stage of production, if they need more feed, we can have it set so that when they go through, it'll identify them and tip them into a feed paddock and then once they've had enough of that feed and they want to rejoin their mob they can just go back through another gate back to the main mob and it's sometimes quite funny to watch animals going through where you'll have the ones that are you know big plump round animals that love the idea of food and they're following their skinny mate because they know that she's allowed into the feed paddock but the system works well and it always uh, manages to put the right animals into the right spot. But we've also learnt a lot about uh, animal psychology by doing this and it's, um, sometimes it's incorporating some basic uh, animal behaviour along with this technology. That's what's allowing us to get this gear working. And the current system we've got in a paddock with our ewes and lambs at the moment is collecting about 6,500 records a day all automatically so that means that uh, every animal in that one group is being weighed uh, eight to ten times a day but the beauty is by getting regular weights it's more accurate but we're not having to do any of the work and what it does is it just sends back that data set twice a day to, uh, to our cloud server where we can just log on and uh, check how the animals are going.
0: And also I think what you mentioned earlier, that it's actually better for the animals if they are just left um, on their own because and not have so much interaction with humans because that's more in their nature. So it's also, from an animal welfare perspective, better for the sheep.
1: Yeah, it's great if we don't have to go and muster animals out of the grazing environment where they're happy and content because – we know that if we we go and interfere and bring them in, it just takes them off their feed, and the more we do that, the more we uh, limit their production. So we always think happy, healthy animals in the paddock, doing it for themselves is best, and people sometimes look at it and say, oh, we, we don't know how, though, to get an animal to do that. How did you convince them? But it's all about animals are repetitive and love... Uh, love the same things so the lambs actually learn to walk over this because they're following their mother and she's learnt over time that this device isn't going to do anything other than just weigh her so in actual fact what happens when you find a group of lambs on a nice sunny morning and they're down instead of just running around jumping and pronking around chasing each other in the grass they're actually getting in a big group and running across this device because it beeps every time it reads their ear tag. So you end up with these massive data sets where the lambs are actually trying to weigh themselves because they think it's a game because it's this thing that their mum walks through. So like all little kids do, they always want to do what the big ones do. So it's, um, it's something that it's good to see that the animals are happy to be around it and we don't have to force them towards it
0: that's funny that they see it as a game i like that (laughs) and also are you because all sheep have an ear tag do you also monitor kind of their behavior in general like where they walk how they move or what else can you do with these ear tags
1: yes so our latest work with ear tags has actually gone the next step and we're using what's called dead reckoning so we have three towers emitting uh, a radio signal, and they can actually locate where the ear tag is from that signal to within about 20 metres. So we can, number one, we can check that all of the animals are present. What we can also do is we can monitor their grazing patterns, where they are. We can even uh, now, we can set alerts. So we can say, tell me if something all of a sudden Uh, seems to be out of whack or the animals are doing something that they normally uh, wouldn't have and it's only just really come out in the last couple of days it's been announced uh, a new program or a new set of uh, ear tags that we're trialling from Quantified Ag and what they can do is not only tell us where the animal is it's actually got an accelerometer in it so it's really like a Fitbit watch uh, for a sheep in their ear and it can also help us with some of the animal's movements, behaviours. It even takes a temperature so if an animal uh, starts to become sick outside of the tolerances that have been set in the sensors on the ear tag it will send a message back and it will tell us where the animal is and uh, what the condition is that we should be looking for and by just getting a better handle of how animals are behaving in the in the pastures without us having to be there interfering number 1 if they're happy we can stay out of their way and that uh, improves their production number 2 we always want to know are they happy and healthy and if we get an early warning that something's up we can uh, go and get those animals and treat them for whatever treatment they may need so that we're dealing with it uh, much earlier and Look, in a commercial operation, um, happy, healthy animals are what every farmer wants because uh, they're the ones that do the best for us.
0: But now let's also talk about the costs involved. Obviously, if you tag each sheep and you have to have all these transponders, etc., there's also a big investment. So do you see that paying off? Or what do you tell farmers who are looking to invest?
1: Yes, so... It's like all improvements in technology. There is always an upfront cost, but what we found for our business, we've only really rolled out this next stage of technology within the past twelve months, and it certainly is a is a straight up cost. And uh, Laura gateways and our connectivity can be anywhere from two thousand to ten thousand dollars per site or per gateway. Uh, and then by the time we put other sensors in and ear tags, we can very quickly have spent uh, $25,000. And then if you add a $5,000 drone on top, you could say, well, 30000 plus some labor time, suddenly we've spent $40,000. But what we've found is we've improved our productivity by more than that cost in the first year, due to two parts. One is because we're more efficient, because we're not wasting time doing those repetitive jobs. Uh, We're actually spending our time where it's better for the business and generating uh, more productivity or more income. And the other part is because we've got a better handle on monitoring our stock and a much better handle on our production, we're actually getting more production out of our stock So the return on investment comes through two parts, partly through efficiencies but more so because we've been able to improve our productivity off the animals that we're running and I have uh, a lot of farmers who say to me, is it worthwhile? And I always ask the question, if you would be happy to buy a $50,000 tractor because it makes your work easy... um, Maybe you should think about asking the question: Would you spend fifty thousand dollars if it would make on this other technology? If it would make our livestock operation easier, and everyone has to ask that question for themselves. We're all different, but certainly for our business, bringing in this technology for our farm has uh, certainly made our our operation more profitable um, by being more productive.
0: I think I have to think of um, a saying in business that goes, it's you now have the time to work on your business instead of working in your business. So you also probably have, you say, yeah, you're not wasting time with driving around, but you can actually do more strategic things and, and so on. So I think that's also very, very important.
1: And the really important thing with that, Elizabeth, you're spot on because through connectivity, if I'm away from the farm doing other jobs, I can still be watching what's going on on the farm. And you're so right there. We can then be looking at if seasonal conditions are changing or stock are doing better than we thought. We can be out there in the marketplace, you know, forward selling wool or forward selling sheep because we know how well they're doing. And and that's where the advantages are.
0: And is it difficult to then learn and set this all up and i i mean also just looking at so much data is is there a need for a big learning curve or how does that work
1: yeah getting our heads around how we set it up is not such a big uh, issue we we've done some collaborating with the spatial department here in australia who help us with understanding the shape of our land and where we where we should be putting some of these system components in. Uh, and then the other part with using big data, we tried to manage raw data in a uh, database for a while, and that very, very, very quickly um, showed that we didn't want to actually see raw data. So, what we've done through the Farm Decision Tech platform, we've created a dashboard where all of the raw data goes up into the clouds for analysis. And it actually just reports back to us through a really simple dashboard that we can view on an iPad or on our phone or we can have a look at a, a more in-depth version on, in, the, uh, in the office on the computer. But it's really just about we want to be able to just drop and drag on a phone so that when we're out doing our jobs, it's uh, easily accessible and we really just want to see trend charts or a summary of all of that data And to be honest, I I try not to get caught up in big numbers because at the end of the day, when we're running an operation, it's really about are we on track or are we trending one way or another? And the only uh, real numbers I want to see are the outliers that I need to go and deal with. Otherwise, um, it makes it so much easier when we can just consume that information on our phone.
0: And would that also be something you're, you and your team are helping other farmers with, setting things up and understanding how everything works?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the Farm Decision Tech team also involves Department of Primary Industries New South Wales and they've been a key in this part in helping uh, train or inform other people on how this system works and they're the ones who've really got the capacity and they've helped us get our heads around that learning and and also helped us understand why this information is important and what we find is farmers helping farmers is probably the best way Uh, we had a, a grower here the other day who spent a day with us just seeing how it worked and and it's also having somebody where you can in the paddock show them if it's not working this is how we fix it because It's uh, just like owning a car. Some days it does exactly what it should and other days it's a little bit naughty.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. And is there also, do you see also an application for this technology to somehow also connect to the point of retail or are there data that can be used, you know, also to educate consumers or to inform consumers? Is there something in that direction?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, through this agtech space where we've now got other sensors in the paddock along with our sheep, so we've got sensors that are measuring soil moisture and temperature and how much grass there is and how quickly it's growing. But we've even got uh, live feed cameras that we use uh, to monitor some of our areas. Whether or not consumers want to see that at a retail point and whether within our supply chain, there's enough uh, relationships being built now maybe that we could use that to supply that information through to the consumer end. I'd be really interested to uh, keep on exploring that. We're working with a couple of partners around that. I guess the question is, uh, how do we share that information of live feeds and, and the production information around our operations and how that's um, paired up with, say, a garment that's got a swing tag on a uh, on a shelf in the Northern Hemisphere. That's all yet to be uh, the fine details be worked out, but we're pretty excited about it. We think that potentially it offers a, uh, a streamlined access to that information of production that, you know, if we can link it right through to where a consumer can just scan a barcode and log in and see a live feed of the farm where their, where their wool was grown, we think that would be pretty exciting.
0: Mm, that does sound exciting. But is, tell me, are there also some challenges that yet have to be overcome
1: Yeah, look, probably one of our biggest challenges that we're all still trying to work with here in regional Australia is connectivity because we know that the sensors and the the systems and the data work, we can do all of that, but it's just getting that connection where we can have a reliable transfer of larger amounts of data and especially when we get up into live video feeds out of a paddock, that type of thing. And I think that we've got some interesting trials that have been run over the last couple of years and they're into their their final stages, ready to go commercial. Um, but if we're really going to be genuine about uh, automating some of this and automating the information flow, it's going to be something that we all need to keep on working on into the future is that uh, real connectivity that gives us that ability for larger data packets and even that um you know the ultimate challenge is can we get it to a point where we've got a um a constant uh, live feed that'd that'd be uh, magic for us
0: yeah that would be amazing I, I agree. And if but if you like despite the challenges that you see at the moment, what do you think will agriculture and, and sheep farming in particular look like in the next five to ten years in regards of all the fast developments that we have in technology?
1: Uh, I think that maybe in the five to ten years, we're going to see a big change away from where a lot of people still associate uh, farming with hard work. I think what they're going to do is they're going to actually be looking at uh, sheep farming more around managing production and really – showing that we can manage animal welfare but but uh, younger people coming back into the industry because they're excited that there's demand for the product but I think what we're going to see is more and more very switched on bright young people who come in just finding new ways to use information because we know we can produce a good product I'm sure we can do it more efficiently the one that's really Um, standing out to us is every time somebody from outside of agriculture comes and look at some of these technologies, they seem to be coming up with ideas that we can use. So I'd like to think that in five to ten years, some of those amazing ideas will actually be incorporated and become mainstream on the ground. And what it'll do is it'll make our jobs easier for us. It'll uh, also hopefully make life even better for the sheep in the paddock but also the thing that I I do believe will happen and a, a big challenge, um, but I think it will be something that will come over this time is also much more transparency for consumers looking back into the production system, being able to see where their food and fibre has come from and uh, not just traceability on paper, but traceability around land management and, um, and, and it really comes down to just... Uh, production principles and values and i think that in agriculture we really need to always keep that front of mind that if there's certain things the consumers want well we're doing a good job now let's use uh, some of this technology to help us tell the story and really capitalize on providing you know sustainably produced food and fiber
0: yeah no i agree and and you're spot on with that that um we will have to find better ways on telling that stories because farmers are doing a wonderful job at just not getting enough out there and if this kind of technology will have that would be really great. One last aspect I wanted to ask um, because we talked about what technology can do for the farmers and also for the sheep but you briefly mentioned also that you're monitoring like the, the soil and the grass what kind of effects can this technology have for our environment? Will there be improvements as well?
1: Yes, yeah, so those sensors that we're using monitoring soil conditions and vegetation conditions by doing that we can actually uh, better utilize the grass that we grow and maintain uh, better ground cover which looks after our soil we're also using that along with uh, drone based vegetation maps to monitor our, our remnant native vegetation areas on the farms and um, we've our business broker has a uh, a really strong uh, emphasis on environmental stewardship and what we're finding is by being able to monitor those conditions uh, live monitoring but also create historical databases we can get a much better picture around that native vegetation and even down to water quality and our whole aim is always to, uh, to leave the land in the same or better condition than what we started with in our operations. And we think that it's the beauty of wool production for us is the two work hand in hand. We're actually repairing native vegetation in remnant areas by grazing sheep there, but also using that information to know when the animals need to be... Uh, to move on and if people are interested they can go to our website and check out some of those environmental sites and some of the imagery of the areas where we're working with but it um, it truly gives uh, Fiona and I and our family our kids a uh, uh, a feeling that we are doing the right thing when we look at a, an area and we think well it's productive and profitable but we're also uh, caring for the environment because ultimately uh, veg quality and Uh, Also water quality, they're key things that uh, we need to look after while ever we are got the stewardship of that land.
0: Oh, I love that. And you just mentioned your website. Can you tell us what your website is?
1: Yeah, so just www.bralca.com. Or if people just uh, Google Bralka Merino sheep, I'm sure they'll find it. And we've got a whole bunch of links on there to different work we're doing from our uh, education programs through to our environmental programs through to our sheep operation.
0: Excellent. Well, Ben, I'm so glad that we had the technology to talk today and record this interesting discussion with you because I think it will be really valuable for a lot of people out there who are trying to do something in this area. So I wish you a lot of success and lots of breakthroughs with the technology. And thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thanks, Elizabeth.
0: Thank you. Bye. Hopefully, I wasn't the only one finding this talk with Ben Watt super interesting. What an exciting future ahead of us with so many new opportunities due to technology on farm. If you want to find out more about Ben and his business, Balka, visit the show notes at elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 055. All the links Ben mentioned and more is saved there. Visit elizabethvandeldon.com forward slash 055. Don't want to miss out on any of the future episodes? Then subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and also like us on Facebook at elizabethvandeldon. Thank you and see you next week.